Hello, everybody. Recording live from somewhere. Lord, Lord of mercy. All night, Sunday, Central. Follow me now. Say, I think it's the rolling hip hop. Say, Jerry Rolls is the rolling hip hop. Hello, listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Created for Marketers by Marketers podcast. My name is Billy Louisu, and we've been working hard to find marketing topics which will help you level up your skills, and that will blow your mind. Today is episode five of season two, and the topic we'll be covering is TAP. TAP is an acronym for Trusted Authority Position that supports the premise of how to build a thought leadership and trusted authority position with audience relevance, proprietary research, opening up a flow of warm prospects into your business. It sounds intriguing, kind of like turning turning on a tap of leads. Nice. And there's only one person I can think of who can come up with an acronym like that. So to share with you how to turn on the tap of warm leads into your business, my guest today to reveal more about this is Adam Posner. Adam is the CEO and founder of The Point of Loyalty and is a customer loyalty rewards and retention program specialist. He has been in data-driven marketing for over 28 years. Since 2013, he's commissioned and been the co-author and author of 14 in-depth Australian and New Zealand customer loyalty and loyalty program research studies for love or money. FLOM, as he goes, uh, apparently calls it. So the research insights have featured in various media channels such as CMO, Marketing Magazine, The Age, Financial Review, and various other channels and current affair programs where Adam has provided interviews and insights on customer loyalty and loyalty programs. The research has been accessed by over 3,000 marketing and business leaders of brands nationally and internationally. So lots of brands have been touched by this research and use this research to fuel their programs. 2022 will be the 10th year of the Australian version with a bumper edition of Insights, as I'm told. Adam has also advised brands and loyalty strategies and member research, including brands like Acora Tells, Baker's Delights, Baby Bunting, Bonds, Dulux, MCC, Toyota, Tabcorp, Westpac Group, Easy Token Rewards, Australia's first blockchain coalition cryptocurrency rewards program. So you get my drift. This guy has a lot of experience in loyalty. However, while some of you will know Adam for all his loyalty and loyalty program insights, which he shares widely and generously, today will not be much about loyalty and loyalty programs at all. Rather, for the first or very first time, should I say, on this podcast, he'll share his process, the successes and lessons he has gained from turning on the tap, how he has nurtured and continued to nurture his thought leadership and trusted authority position in loyalty through his audience, relevant propriety research, for love and money. So as much as I'd love to hear Adam talk about turning on the tap and watering his garden, that's not today's episode. So for those of you who are tuning in for that, tune out. We're talking about his trusted authority position. Adam, how are you? Hey, Billy. Wow. That was a great intro. Thanks very much. Oh, mate, I feel like I could write a book about you, mate. I know you that well. <laughs> so, uh, so, mate, uh, thanks for joining me. I'm going to kickstart by asking the very standard question I always ask. What is your favourite album yeah look uh we all have different genres of music that you know have made an impact on our lives but one that's had a lasting impact on me is cold fact by rodriguez and you would know Mm. from knowing me from all these years that i'm south african originally (laughs) and uh that's really where it came from he was an absolute cult in south africa but had no following around the world 
And his story and song, Sugar Man, which is just an amazing song, is, is so intriguing. And, and I really recommend to all your listeners to, to go and watch his Oscar-winning documentary, Searching for Sugar Man. It's just heartbreaking and, and just a, a beautiful story. And so that, yeah, that's my favorite album and, and uh, had, had the most impact on me. Mind-blowing. It's actually, you know, I've, I know the, the song Cinnamon, so many people have sampled that song, um, but, you know, I've, I've recently looked into him and, and watched the documentary and, you know, for him not to know how famous he was in other parts of the world, um, and apparently Australia were one of those countries, so South mm. Africa and Australia were the two that adopted his music first. Um, and now his, his, the story uh, continues. Obviously, he's going blind, however, still does concerts and, and performs um, at his peak. So, mate, thanks for sharing that. I, I, uh, I, I'm glad you, you threw a curveball at me there with Searching for Sugar Man. It's, it's cool. a phenomenal uh, album, Cold Fact. Yeah. So, Adam, um, I want you to do a brief introduction to yourself. What do you do? Why this topic is relevant to you, mate? Uh, well, I'm a father, husband, swimmer, and an absolute loyalty, uh, passionate individual, helping brands uh, make more money from the abundance of their existing customers. I'm a massive believer in brands really nurturing and growing their, their base that they have. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, because consulting is really an intangible service, uh, I really needed to find a point of difference. Uh, so how could I develop unique, a unique set of IP? Uh, frameworks and insights as a, consult a consultant, as a guide for my clients through their specific customer retention and growth uh, strategies. So yeah. um, I built this, uh, I guess, you know, you called it an acronym and I, I love it because it, it says so much around TAP, which is a trusted authority position in loyalty mm -hmm. through my uh, for love or money research studies. And, and that's been fundamental to my ongoing knowledge, my learning, challenging me and sustained growth. Yeah. And every year that research comes out updated with new facts, new customer behavior insights, new ways that clients or brands can adopt it. And do you continuously learn along the lines and along the flow with it? Right. Um, it's awesome. That's, that's how, believe it or not, you know, I think we got back in contact some time ago. I was looking at the loyalty market, trying to get research and insights and it, it kept following me back to, to you so that that tap process definitely worked well mate i want you to talk to me a bit about tap um and you know why why should we be screaming from the rooftops about it because it's 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 a great concept and something that um you're seem you seem to be really passionate about uh yeah we, because it really we just got to put into context you know who's relevant for and and what kind of businesses and brands and we'll talk about that a little bit i guess as we go into our into our chat but a trustful authority position for me, uh, and actually for any business, is, is quite a, what I would call a brutally simple strategy to engender one of the keys of customer loyalty, which is trust. You know, there's no coincidence that, uh, that I focus on building TAP to gain more credibility and trust for, my pro for, for getting prospects and clients into my consulting business. But also the trust is also a key ingredient of customer loyalty. So it's kind of... Uh, maybe serendipitous if that's the right word or an irony in that I've built a strategy called TAP that I build trust with my, with my leads, with my clients, but also is also a key fundamental to loyalty. Um, but, you know, mm. no doubt we're not here to talk about loyalty as much as we are to talk about sharing insights around TAP. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've got a 
connect with 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 a why or connect with um, a topic of interest, and then find either a brand or a person that that bodies that and is a leader in that industry or that topic. And then you typically either buy from that person or get them to become your consultant. And you're right, trust is the most important thing. And it's a key metric as to why we stay with our banks and why we buy from Apple, um, as I sit here with my Apple mic and my Apple laptop. Um, and a personal, personal perspective for me, being a consultant turned uh, you know, SaaS business leader, when I started the job, I think to your point, I spent my first 50 days interviewing 50 marketers to figure out uh, what trust looked like and how to gain their trust. So when I did position something, content or whatever it might be, it, it reflected. So I completely agree trust is, is the most important thing. So the premise of TAP then, how was it executed? How do you create it? How do you become it? Well, I just want to go back a sec before I answer the question. I love your 50 days, 50 interviews, because it in essence builds you and your insights and how you've gained you know, your knowledge from those interviews and then reflected that back out to the market. Um, so another beautiful example. I mean, I, 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 I remember you telling me about it, but I, I just love it. So I just wanted to say that. But coming back to, to your question, um, building thought leadership and I, what I call a trust authority position with audience relevant uh, proprietary research is, is really not new. You know, it's a basic form of strategic content marketing. So content marketing is, was, was perhaps a big hype and trend five, six, 10 years ago, maybe even as long as that. And, and is, is now still there, but it's almost everyone just does it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and really what, what this, this does for, for me is um, what I would call just continuously stretches, obviously my knowledge, but then I can be abundant in sharing it back out. So I've seen it everywhere. It's exploding. You know, maybe it's confirmation bias. You know, we only see stuff that we're interested in. True. <laughs> but brands of all shapes and sizes are creating insights, content, thought leadership, white papers, you know, relevant to their category or to their topic of interest to their customers, you know, such as banks and, you know, retail, you know, banks talk about retail spend and consumer sentiment, tech companies like, you know, the category that you, you live and breathe. Correct. Often sharing content and insights. Um, in their verticals, you know, and I guess, you know, we can discuss about uh, some, some examples. I mean, do you know of some examples where just from the context I've given, you know, brands and businesses sharing their, um, I guess, their, their, their knowledge uh, through research or not to their audiences? Yeah. 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 A lot come to mind actually. And, and you're right. It's, it's that kind of first moment of realization that you're connecting with the brand. I mean, we do lots of vendor white papers. We do our state of marketing reports, our loyalty consumer behavior reports, and it positions us in the right way. But brand side, I mean, you talk about banks, you know, I worked with ANZ on their property profile reports and Mm. the whole premise of that was to position themselves as the home buying experts. You know, I mean, I, for them, the home buying customer was one that would list or would stay for years because you you don't necessarily leave unless you, you find a better interest rate somewhere. But these property profile reports, they would give you accurate pricing and they said that that was the most accurate pricing. They would tell you details about the suburb, the schools in the area, how good the Wi-Fi might be at that place. So yeah, actually, I don't know. If that's, that's actually a spot on. That's the first lead to generate for the bank was to get me to download that report they knew where i was interested in and and potentially my spend limits totally and they gave you content that added value to your life to your problem that they were solving 
Um, and I, I, it's funny just to segue a little bit. You know, years ago, I wrote a little book, and I haven't even told you this before, but I wrote a book called Making Price Irrelevant. Hmm. And the essence of the little book, um, and I'll send you a copy, but it's not available for you know general public in case millions of people want a copy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have them sitting here all printed, but maybe you've got 10 left. Um, but the essence of it was, how can you make price irrelevant? In other words, go further than just the product for price and add value to the life of your customer, whoever that is. And this is where content and, and white papers and research start to give insights and, and knowledge to improve a person's life, whether it's B2B or B2C. So, um, you know, that ANZ example is a good one. And one that just came across my desk today was from Spotify. Um, and the, uh, Sorry, not Spotify. Um, the e-commerce company that looks after... Shopify? Oh, Shopify, yes. Yep. Shopify. I, made a, I always <laughs> confuse the two, so you're yeah, not the first. Yeah. So apologies to both. But, but Shopify just released a massive e-commerce future. Again, another piece of insights clearly in their category that they're sharing with their with their population with the, with their audience so yeah we could find many examples um of, of this strategy yeah mate please send me a copy of the book um okay. you know i've worked with lots of brands who have tried to bring death to the discount right and figure out how they can create a, a a greater connection with their customers yeah um, and that's a perfect example of it um well i'd love to read the book to get more insights so you know, I think that, that example of ANZ is a perfect one. Um, they, the biggest challenge they had from memory now was like, is it your house? Um, or that you're trying to just get an in, insight into the market of how much your house is worth that you're actually looking at buying. Mm. And they had to figure out how to segment the both. But so talk me through your framework then, because I know you, I know everything comes with a structure and a framework, a concept, so information is easily absorbed. So talk me through, how do you empower a brand or how do you help brands turn on that tap? Yeah, well, uh, tap is a long-term play. And that's why after 10 years of, in fact, 14 editions and 10 years of For Love or Money, I've now, you know, created that, that you need to be patient. So it's not a quick, uh, you know, one night, quick send it out, get some leads, and then that's it. it, it for me, it's a long-term play. And uh, it's about the time, the consistency. And also, there's a little, little secret sauce here. There's generosity and a giving mindset. Because you do need to share the insights, which is essentially what I'm trying to do with the study. And yes, look, I do charge for the full report because there's some big, big costs behind it. But that's not the essence of, of why, I, you know, the insights that I continuously share and the legs that it has for months and months after the, the report comes out is just to give back to the community, my loyalty community, you know, something that could improve, you know, whether it's a loyalty manager, even a tech company like yourself or anyone in, in our bigger stratosphere of loyalty, you know, what, could, what can they do with the insights to make them better at whatever they do? Mm -hmm. And so the seven steps for, you know, building a TAP strategy that I've approached with for love or money is, is quite simple. Number one is why. Why would you do it? What's your purpose and what are your objectives? We always know we've got to start with why. I mean, that's a famous, someone else owns that statement. <laughs> um, but, you know, what's the purpose for this audience relevant research? Is it to build brand equity? Is it to drive leads? Is it to up, uh, build your profile, your positioning? All the things that I've said, mm -hmm. uh, but get clear on your why from that point of view. 
Um, another little important element is if in your business you are going to do something like this, you might need to have a certain number of people who are the thought leaders about it because they will be the spokespeople. They most probably present on webinars and or, you know, through other channels. So you do need to know who in your team owns that, um, uh, that, that proposition. Mm -hmm. The next step is, is the what. Number two is what. What's the topic of insight for research? So in My For Love of Money, my key topic is loyalty and loyalty programs. I'm very clear of the central theme and everything like a tree grows from that. Um, I frame up my questions. I frame up my, my, my framework for my study because I know the space that I want to, to dive into. Mm -hmm. Number three is who cares? Who, what are the audience care factors? Who out there will really care about these insights? Um, and this is where you've got to know is it B2B, B2C, and who really wants to know about whatever you're sharing? Mm -hmm. um, and map out your audience care factors. And you talked about having a framework. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've got a little call, something called the insight to impact to or insight to audience impact framework. So what's the insight and who's the audience and how will it impact them? And mm -hmm. I do that each time just to get clarity on, you know, what I'm researching so that it does uh, resonate with a specific um, audience. Then number four is the how. So what's the methodology? In, in my case, it's audience relevant research. So it's quantitative study, uh, outsource it to a professional. Um, they do it, they present it. So it's commissioned externally. It gives it more credibility because of that. It's not me doing my own you know, poll on LinkedIn saying, and now I've got 67% people of people <laughs> saying something. Yeah. It's, it, it's, it's, it's robust and there's a big investment in that. And it's got you know, the credibility of an external professional. So is it a do-it-yourself, which is fine, or are you going to out outsource it? That's all part of the methodology. Um, then number five is what I call reporting the ROI. Now, you immediately, and I know you, you know me as the acronym, loving an acronym, but the ROI in this case is not the return on investment. That comes a bit later. This, it's the results, observations, and insights. So when the results do come back, and I read and I find out, what, I dig, well, what do they mean? what can I do with that insight? Is it just a stat and a fact? And what can somebody actually do with that? So it's very difficult, but you try and find, you're trying to find an observation and an insight from, from that specific piece of data that you're getting. Yep. Number six is uh, marketing the research. So yeah, we're all got to, I've got to get it out there to an audience. And over years, I've built a big database of people who've downloaded. So email marketing is very big, but I post articles on LinkedIn. I try to do webinars. I, you're very kind. You've often invited me to, you know, to talk, to, to add value to some of your events. So, you know, what is the marketing of the research? Do you want to get PR and media? Do you want to be on, uh, on a specific show? Um, and who's it relevant for, obviously, in terms of getting media? So you really need to map out your marketing, your, your, even your, your lead nurturing base. And look, I'm not the most sophisticated uh, marketing automated uh, business, um, and I'm, I'm prepared to admit that. So uh, it is quite manual for me, and I'm going to slowly get better at automating it. However, nurturing the people that download my research, it just gives me an insight into the market. And I see thousands of people have downloaded who's interested in loyalty, who's not, who's a, who's a brand, who's a technology company, who's someone else. I can just get, a, I guess, a finger on the pulse. And finally, number seven step is uh, what I call the money, the maintenance, the metrics and the reporting. Now, 
again, the sophistication of what I do um, is a spreadsheet fundamentally. And then I look at all the leads I get. I, I can actually tell what becomes a, a client and the return on investment I get because I know when I say to them, so how did you hear about me? Oh, we got your research, Adam. So whilst we all know we want to attribute, you know, attribution and put attribution, I do it in a small way, but I have very, very clear as to uh, my return on investment from what I do. And uh, my advice out there to the brands and businesses that are looking at the strategy is you do need to do the numbers to make sure that your investment brings back a return, whether it's financial or whether, as I said, it's brand equity and voice of, of, of your brand getting out there. So those were the seven. Perfect. Mate, there's very generous for you to share us share with the audience those seven points. And just to recap, you know, why? You know, purpose and objective, define the strategy, set a measurement. What? Is it research? You know, then the topic is very, very critical. What are you going to talk about? One thing I've realized, Adam, with your what and with the research piece that you do is that it's very, very um you know, heavy investment of time as well. Uh, and I think you do a great job of defining your topics in that research and then making them drip feed throughout to your audience for the next 12 months of that calendar year. So you might do a research piece this year and it may be about um, uh, digital uh, payments, you know, becoming mm-hmm. uh, becoming the norm in our loyalty. And you will also write a post on that. So you've found a really good way to add um, substance to those topics every day of the year, which I think is phenomenal. And again, to the audience thinking out there, what topic, well, how do you make subtopics that continue mm. to um, pulse their way through your, your market? Mm-hmm. Um, who cares as number three? So know your audience, uh, who are you talking to and how do you generate awareness? I think you mentioned a really interesting point. So is it B2B? Is it B2C? You know, let's drill down into the types of audiences. But then how do you make something that will get media attention and do a lot of the awareness uh, magnification for you? So how do you get into CMO magazine? How do you differentiate enough so they go, that's a really interesting piece of research. We're going we're gonna to talk about it. Um, how? How are you going to execute it? Are you going to do it yourself or are you going to connect with the specialists um, like you have and, and you know a great panel of research um, and people that go into making this um, uh, the piece that it is today. Last, uh, we'll be talking about reporting or reporting the ROI. So results, observations, and insights. It's a really good point around um, re- results that you're looking at and how you're going to communicate that insight. If I go back to that that point before around digital payments, you know, like why would anyone care about that? Why would a brand need to know? Well, it's, it's relevant now because we don't mm. want con- contact because of COVID, right? The last mm-hmm. two years, everyone's been like, stand behind the, the, the plastic guard at the Woolworths. Mm. Mm. Okay, so if that's the case, what can you do to make payments easier with that handing over currency? Mm. Um, marketing, how do you connect uh, or how do you get to um, connect with your audience? You spoke about channels and automating. Brands may look at automation, but for you, that consulting one-on-one personal element can get lost through that process. So I love how while it's still manual, I, I think there's a neat, there's a, there's a uniqueness to that. It's funny you say that. I just want to jump there. And, and, and you know, I was almost like you're trying to say to people out there that automation is important. But you, mm. you actually uh, said something that I didn't realize until you said it, which is every lead or every download, I can see and know the person. And I can actually got a real laugh because I got a sale. Uh, and I said I sell the report. 
um, yesterday. So that's the 2021 study that have now, uh, the long life of that study from someone. And I phoned them and I said, gee, it's great. Thanks for, you know, getting my research. Is there anything, any particular reason why, you know, in 2022, you're starting to look at some, some insights from last year? And they said there was one specific topic and thanks for calling. And so I guess what I'm sharing with you in that little story is that my one-on-one -on -one approach works for me as an independent consultant rather than a full nurtured in marketing automation process. Yeah. Oh, mate. I mean, imagine if, you know, if everyone did that, everyone called, you know, after a purchase was made, it's a, it's, it's a really neat touch. Um, you know, I'm hanging for the day for Kanye West to pick up the phone and give me a call <laughs> and say, Billy, why did you buy every one of my albums? You know, that would be, that would be awesome. So I hope yeah. your customers feel the same. Adam. Oh, great. I love it. Um, and then lastly, money maintenance metrics. You're right. Uh, find a way to attribute the dollars spent to the dollars earned. Um, doesn't have to be complicated or sophisticated. I think it's simple mapping process there. So yeah. thanks for going into that detail. And I can see all those points and how it's created the for love of money research um, now that you've broken it down for me. So give us some examples or client examples that, that you can share that you've worked on where this has become you know, reality. Yeah, look, uh, you know, I'm, I'm obviously known or what I do for a day, you know, for my daily bread is, is loyalty uh, consulting and loyalty program consulting, but the for love of money study actually and the process the seven steps process. I've actually done it for a number of clients as well. You also want to become a trusted authority position through audience relevant research with their sector or their category. And I did it with a, a very large hotel group, um, and they wanted to be known as the hotel group for the short term break. So they wanted to own that space. So we built audience relevant research to understand consume, uh, the, the consumers out there and why do they take short breaks? Is it to put love back into their marriage? Is it a, you know, a date weekend? Is it they just needed their mental health? They just, what are the reasons? So we dug into the reasons that consumers take a short break and the client then used those insights to share back with their audiences um, and with the media and the media loved it because there were some really profound insights. Um, but fundamentally the strategy was, you know, they wanted to own a position, uh, they wanted to do audience relevant research and they got a, you know, a, a range of leads and they wanted media and they fundamentally wanted to drive people out there because people were fascinated to know why do we all go on a short break? Mm. So they created an inbound lead um, and awareness um, strategy through uh, the trust authority position process. Of owning the short travel break. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, father of two, you know, you know, very um, grueling, you know, days at work and job working with a global team. So for me, it's like, why would I take that break? Why do I need that break? If I was going to take a break, where's close enough to go? So I don't have yeah. to spend my whole day traveling somewhere. And I, all those points, if you can put that to me in something succinct, you'll get me as a customer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, that, you know, the strategy, you asked me for an example, that was just a brilliant, uh, perfect execution of a strategy uh, that we developed for them. And the other was in the pharmacy category, they wanted to understand, my pharmacy client wanted to understand, what does loyalty mean to pharmacies? Because it's kind of different than loyalty to a retailer, general mm. retailer I'm talking about. I know pharmacies are retailers, but the pharmacist versus the pharmacy. Got it. Uh, you know, fascinating research study we did. And we launched that for them, that positioned them and their group uh, to their audiences uh, around, 
you know, the category of loyalty to pharmacy and pharmacy. So again, use the trusted authority position strategy that the seven steps that I shared with you mm -hmm. to build for them um, some, uh, not only insights, but also some sort of a positioning around their brand for their category. Yep. Yeah, and you mentioned something interesting about creating enough engagement or um, awareness around that topic, example, short break travel to get media to pick it up. Um, you know, that's, that's king for me. It's like, what is the medium or the method of execution that you want to promote here and how are you going to get traffic back to your website or to your yep. own channels? Yeah. And the standard ones are right. You know, you've got white papers, you've got landing pages, you've got emails, uh, you've got TV, you've got radio. I mean, the list goes on. But looking into the future, right, and gazing outside of the era of what is now Don Draper and, you know, Mark Zuckerberg age of, of, of marketing, Adam, how do you foresee mediums changing or the way brands connect with consumers using this tap, uh, you know, example? Um I think the media, from a media point of view, what I call it, uh, the, uh, from a channel approach, is mm. really uh, is like um, an octopus. So think mm. of the eight arms of an octopus. In fact, funny enough, an octopus has a brain in each of their of their arms. Did you know that? No, and I, I, I didn't know I that. I didn't either. know that. But fun, but fun fact: every yeah. octopus tentacle has a brain. <laughs> And anyway, I see that as, as how each of those is a channel. And so one goes out, one comes in, one is stickier, one is not, one is thinking and working harder, one is not. Mm -hmm. So the actual channel outreach, uh, both outbound and inbound, you've got to think of it like that because, um, you know, the world has changed so dramatically and, and we've got something which something you coined, which, uh, or you've spoken to me about it, which is as you call the creator economy, where your audience creates um, the, the, the prolific use and sharing of whatever you you've got to got to say as a brand. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I guess when I look into the future, uh, somebody once said the future ain't what it used to be, <laughs> and that's Yogi Berra actually was a coach of one of the. Um, the baseball teams, if I can get my quotes right. Yeah. But it's exactly that point. You know, today, yesterday, I'm mean, full of quotes today. Yeah. Yesterday, you know, was history. Tomorrow is a mystery. Today is a gift. It's like, you know, we're right here and now. Who yeah. knows what's around the corner? But we're trying to all predict it. We are. But, uh, but we're and trying to control it. And we can't. Mm. But to your point, I, I mean, I love your point of view on, on this whole concept of creator economy. Well, it's interesting. Uh, creator economy is... Uh, power to the individual uh, to create a revenue stream off of the content they create. And there's lots of platforms out there now, like, you know, you may know of TikTok and OnlyFans and Patreon, yeah. but, um, you know, if you're a musician or a street artist or, you know, you make, um, you're, you're, a, you're a studying to be a journalist. Um, I know there's a lot of, uh, for example, Voice of Victoria, um, is is an Instagram page which is talking all about, you know, facts are, are around uh, this the craziness that we're in at the moment in regards to um, this lockdown and isolation. But mm. people can pay you for that content and for that specific new uh, piece of information, mm. and um, it puts the power into the arms of the creator. So there are lots of brands out there that are going partnerships may not look like what they once were. I may not yeah. want to connect with my brand with with Nike as an example, and I may not want to connect my brand with um, a uh, with Woolworths 
is there an individual out there now who has a bigger following that ties closer to the values that I promote? Is it a musician? Is it a street artist? Whatever it might be. And I guess the perfect example is um, a friend of mine um, is a social media marketer. She's a guru at social media. And to be able to become a trusted authority uh, person, turn on the tap in that space, you need to have a substantial amount of followers. Like I can't go out and say I'm a social media marketing guru with a thousand Instagram followers. Mm. You need a hundred to 200,000. So what she did was she, she challenged herself on how to uh, use Instagram reels. So reels is this new uh, medium on Instagram, which allows you to, to edit and create your own little short videos. And every day she released a reel, which would have a tip on how to use the reels capability. So mm. how, to, how to connect with the song that may be trending or how to make it look like you're jumping out of screen and jumping back in using two videos. So lots of brands started signing up and seeing all this content. And within, I think it was like less than 50 days, she's got over 120,000 followers. Oh my gosh. That's unbelievable. Right? All free wow. content, things that she was promoting. She's now this, you know, trusted authority in this Instagram real space. And now she has a database of 150,000 people that she can sell online training courses to on how to become a social media strategist. And it's just the perfect example for me as how these new mediums like TikTok, like Instagram um, are allowing anyone to become a trusted figure in a space that they, um, that they are a specialist in. I mean, I amazing example. I love that. And that is so, you know, so very new and, um, uh, and, and so very vibrant and dynamic. And, and certainly there's lots of uh, fundamentals that you've got to get right. But she's been very generous, number one. And number two, building, you know, that community, um, you know, through a channel that she, she's learnt, she, she knows and sharing. So that, that word of generosity that, that I shared earlier on is obviously a foundation to um, her success. A great example. I love that, Billy. Great yes, one. fantastic. So if anyone's wondering, Pink Sparrow Social, jump on Instagram and check oh, her wow. out. She's got some, some great content. Um, and, you know, who knows, Adam, you, you could be doing uh, for love of money webinars and research in the metaverse soon to the, <laughs> Absolutely. The, whole, the whole world through a smoke screen. Who knows? Uh, who knows? You know, this time in a couple of years' time, we can have a chat and see where, which, which, <laughs> where it lands. I can see it like the great and uh, powerful Oz, mate. You just, you know, your head and your face and smoke. Anyway, look, I've, 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 <laughs> I've fallen off my rocker. So that's okay, but I love it. So, um, one skill that you think marketers need to take away, you know, based on everything we've discussed on this podcast, what is what is one? Yeah, I thought about this because you did send a couple of questions ahead uh, for me to contemplate and think about. And I said to myself, well, what is a skill? You know, a skill is most probably an advantage or a benefit you gain from repeat activity. So yes. you get better at something as you continuously... Test, learn, repeat. You know, um, mm. but you've got to you've got to do something a little bit different each time, and you've got to be skillful at building taps. So for me, it's you know every year I do it. What can I do differently? What did I learn last time? I mean, this is fundamental. So um, mm. I'm getting the strategy right, or you know, fundamentally, always what's my strategy, and then I'm evolving. It's mm. like 
repetition with interactive learning. You know, it's like the basketball that I think, you know, I don't even know, I can't even think who it was that, you know, they, a thousand shots, a thousand shots, and you've got to keep improving. So, Ray Allen. Uh, oh, is it? Okay. Yes, Ray Allen. Well, he was the best shooter in basketball. He's been overtaken this season. But yes, uh, he took a thousand shots or even more than that uh, every, every time he stepped on the court. And, yeah, it's not a coincidence that um, he's the best basketball well, was the best basketball shooter to play the game. I think it's um, it's interesting you talk about this evolve or repetition. You know, marketers sometimes do like like me. I'm 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 a, I'm a probably a perfect example. Chase the shiny objects, but sometimes just optimizing and you know learning and and, and evolving the thing that you're doing may get you to that that better result and not giving up on that uh, if it hasn't worked you know try again what did you learn yeah and i think patience is unfortunately we're in a world of immediacy i need it i need it now uh, see the younger generation you know i've got three teenagers uh, i've just you know i notice how much everything is just right there and now i want you know something new i want to uh, now and yes. uh you know i've been in business a while you've been as well and you know, good things take a bit of time and you have to have a bit of patience and you also have to have that mindset to evolve. Otherwise, you just you just get stale. And it's a challenge in what I do with For Love or Money. And, in, and I was talking about the bumper edition coming out and I've just finished analysing my strategy for the 2022 edition. And I've got, it's a 10th year and now I've got 10 sections. I've never had 10 sections before. So, <laughs> so I've challenged myself to stretch it out, make it, you know, it's going to be a bumper, a big, a, a big volume, but it's, it sings along with the strategy. It's mm. the 10th year. I want to 10 sections. It's perfectly come together and it's going to be, you know, so that's what I'm really saying about building the skill over time. Yeah, I think another person who would um, say the same thing is, you know, everyone knows Gary Vaynerchuk or Gary V. I mean, he didn't get famous on his um, from creating his wine, uh, his wine notes YouTube um, channel when he released his tenth episode. It got steam when it had one hundred and fifty, you know, thousand episodes. He would do it every day. You know, he'd drop taste the bottle and he would, you know, talk about it. And you know, it took him took him years to become um, become famous for it, but it wasn't created overnight. So you're right; we are in the in the on demand generation where you want something, you just turn on the TV and you press play, uh, or you you know have to wait to hail the taxi. You just get on your phone and and call the Uber to your house. So mm -hmm. there's this mm -hmm. this you're right, and sometimes things do take to take time. So really good point. Um. The last thing I have for you, mate, is buzzword bingo. It's uh, a marketing podcast. It wouldn't be one without a few buzzwords. So um, what is the buzzword or your favorite buzzword that you think is going to take over in 2022? Oh, my gosh. Uh, for me personally, it's uh, the buzzword is JOMO. So everyone knows that FOMO is fear of missing out. For me, JOMO is the joy of missing out. <laughs> <laughs> or as I say some to myself, just say no. It's, it's really just feeling the joy when you can actually say no and not feeling that you've lost, you've lost out. Mm -hmm. So, or you've let, you know, or you've, you, you feel this, you don't feel this emptiness, you feel this joy because it's given you uh, some, some time to breathe and do something that you really want to do. So JOMO is my little um, uh, buzzword, the joy of missing out um, that, that I'm trying to, live by a little bit uh, mm -hmm. time it does take a bit of a bit of work quite relevant 
you know, yeah. I think everyone's used to the peer pressure. And now it's like, you know, something as simple as heading, heading into the office. You know, some people, you know, say, no, if you don't want to go in, you have the option now, maybe not to, you know, uh, or not being pressured into doing something. Jomo, I'm going to use that, mate. Thank you. <laughs> Pleasure. Well, mate, is uh, that, that's a wrap. Um, I thank you for sharing all of those insights with um, with my listeners. I think turning on the tap and being able to generate leads for your business um, is relevant to every brand and every consultant or anyone who um, is a thought leader in a space that uh, that wants to drive more awareness for themselves. So the way you broke down those seven steps was really insightful and your proof is in the pudding with the For Love of Money research which you're, you're, you're mentioning it's coming out soon, Adam. When are we expecting it? I oh, know it'll take me a bit of time just getting the, the final pieces. So in the next three three or so months, so usually I aim for sort of May, May, June, subject to, but this year quite a lot of work. It's got to be a few extra surprises and extra reports that go with it. Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, a little bit later in the year. Perfect. Well, look out for it. And if you are interested, check out his, his research from last year as well. You can download um a executive brief on the research will give you some great insights as well so adam posner thank you very much billy you're a legend thanks so much great chat and and have a great day and week cheers mate